Episode four of the Late to Work podcast. I know your ass was late to work today. This is uh, Tuesday for us. You guys will be hearing this Wednesday if you listen to it the first day we drop it, or Thursday, whatever, wherever you drop this. But um, I'm only Chris Allen on all social medias. Uh, I'm with my homie Money Making Mitch. Money Making Mitch at ML Gainer, aka King Lear, aka the Mixed Messiah. We out here. Uh, this is episode four, Late to Work podcast. Get us on Twitter at underscore late to work. Uh, hit us an email with any questions, any feedback, all that. Late to work podcast at gmail.com. You can also now find us on Twitter. Not Twitter. Duh, and Facebook. Twitter. Facebook. Facebook also yeah. late to work. But more importantly, iTunes now, not just SoundCloud. We real, real official. We on, uh, for all you Apple loyalists out there, all you Mac. We on iTunes. We on iTunes. Ma, look, I made it. I'm proud of you. I want iTunes. Your shitty ass mixtape thing on iTunes. Right? <laughs> no. They're trying to sell me mixtapes at 7 Eleven. I'm on iTunes. <laughs> Get the fuck off of me. Respect me. You know who I am? Um, uh, so we're going we're gonna to start off this week uh, on a. I don't want to say a somber note. It's not somber. It's just dark and morbid. Uh, so I hope y'all in the mood for that shit. It's going to get lighter later. We're going to do like some relationship shit later. Uh, we're going to do... Uh, what we have in there? The uh, we may do something about social media. Social media's effect on the world. We're going to maybe touch on some politics stuff. Yeah. Uh, you guys know. If you guys have been listening to this, we go all over the place. Yeah. Which... We're trying to clean it up so y'all have a little more direction, but... I hope you're along for the ride. Yeah. So with that, uh, what I wanted to get into was it was a bit. Uh, I was having a few people this week. Uh, I've been having having this conversation with people in my circles, I guess, for a couple months now. Uh, and the first time I heard it was maybe back in like February. I was listening. I'm a anyone who knows me or or listen to the first episode of this podcast knows. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna follow the Brilliant Idiots podcast. I, I like them a lot, even though I think the, the two of them individually are kind of idiots. I think the two of them together are brilliant, so the the name is appropriate. And Charlemagne was talking about uh, how many how many successful people you know the, these professional success people, if you will, the Gary Vaynerchuks of the world, Tony Robbins, uh, you know, fuck, uh, forget Jordan's name there. I was talking about Mark Maron earlier. Yeah. These people who write these self help books. Almost all of them describe the, the need for self-actualization of your own mortality. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to go on this long soliloquy here to start. But it's one of the things that a lot of successful people have told me over the years, a lot of the people I've come across, and it's essentially the, the need to understand your own mortality, the need to understand that your death is impending, which makes you get up in the morning and question whether or not you really want to be doing this and makes you strive to live a life where you really want to be doing this every day. Mm-hmm. And I wonder whether maybe to our detriment or to our benefit, I'm not sure which, and this is what we're talking about here, is that black people, specifically black men, aren't able to ever access that thought because the, the impending certainty of death is so large. Only maybe replicated in you know, some 
several third world countries, probably uh, in in some of the Middle East right now, where there's you know really you know heinous you know uh, genocides taking place. You know, uh, you know several countries in Asia, I suppose. But you know, generally speaking, as far as here in American culture, there's no real possible way as a black man to want to face your own mortality because your own mortality may be waiting the next time you get pulled over for the 12th time this year or waiting for you next time you go to a corner store. You know what I mean? And so I think that's, that leaves us unable uh, to really face that. And it, it's kind of what drives the, the, the short-term focus, I feel, of the, of the, of the black male image. I don't even, and I, I to be honest with you, I don't. I think, it, I think that's even, it's more of a human issue than it is just a specifically uh, a black issue. I think that, like black people, um, I think probably even realize the the danger of it more than other races. But if you look at, um, I, I don't. I think I was watching something like stupid. It was like Doctor Phil or something like that, and they, he was like just going over, and whatever they were breaking down like the statistics of people who, um, like prepare for like death and like, um, they're talking about how little like families talk about death and like prepare for like uh, a loss in the family and so forth. And they were saying it's it it is incredibly like low statistics of how many people are prepared for death financially, uh, emotionally, and like just, and just planning all across the board and like what they will do when, if they die or their family members die. But I, I don't, then, I don't think it's so much, I'm, I'm thinking of like the, the preparation for death so much as the understanding that it could uh, happen. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but, I, I know a lot of, and I think there's a gap there, like a, a lot of people who are willing to face the fact that I could be, you know, I could die tomorrow, I could die on my way home from here. You mm-hmm. know, people who have come to terms with that still don't prepare. You know what I mean? I, I know plenty of people, like, I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of gang members who know they can get shot tomorrow. They didn't go buy life insurance. Yeah, but here's what what I'm saying with just stating that. It was just like... Although you really should, honestly. If you, if you gangbang, go get some life insurance. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sure it wouldn't be that good of a policy if you, like, if you put down you occupation... You put down, like... <laughs> occupation gangbanger. <laughs> occupation... Hooverside. Crip club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that ain't gonna work, my uh, But no, what I was, um, what I was mentioning, by saying that, I was just mentioning the fact that, like, this is, a, it's a human problem that people will, won't look at the fact that death is gonna come. People don't, people, people don't even want to look at the fact that, like, you know, um, Monday's gonna come. Like they don't want to look at these negative aspects of their life in the real life. I mean, it. We just like want to live in the moment when the moment's enjoyable and when everything is peaceful and and, and have this false perception that like everything's gonna work itself out. And we don't. Why is it, it a fault? Uh, it's a fault because you have to prepare for things not. To work out i mean and and i think like what you started and i think this is where um this is i think the underlying premise of this whole conversation is if you don't realize that any day could be your last day you will push off goals and ambitions for tomorrow 
as if tomorrow's its promise. And then that will give you another day to be like, okay, well, like, I'm going to, like, start, you know, I'm going to start my business next year. And then when next year comes and things aren't, you know, your girlfriend's pregnant and, you know, financially you're not in the right place to take this risk, you're like, you know what, I'm going to get stable. I'll wait until the kid is three and I'll push this down the road. But none of this, none of this, your kid, you being alive till three and all this shit is going to be a possibility and we don't want to look at the fact that like no like right now is your time to like whatever you see whatever that vision and i even think i even think that not even that i think humans look at everything we have to look at everything like okay well like i'm you could die but i even think that there is an exp, expiration date on goals and visions i think that like human beings have visions and have like and this is like getting a little bit hippie for you guys, but I think people, human beings have callings. They have things that they can do and can achieve. I believe that. I believe that we everyone has something special that they can do better than anyone if they put in effort and they have special oh, calling. See, I could not disagree more, man. People, like, oh, yeah. This is such, like... I, We're going to disagree. I'm sorry, but, like, this, like, this is such a major problem with people nowadays. Mm-hmm. Everybody really believes that. Like, everyone really thinks there's something about them. They you, do better than everyone in the world. You don't think there's a harmony in this world where you fit into certain... If, yes, if everything I, is placed... I, and I think the harmony is based on averages. I think the the bitter truth of most things is almost none of us are mm-hmm. the best at anything. I am pretty good at a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not the best at illiter- I'm not the best in the world at anything I've ever done in my life. Okay, here's the at thing. All. Here's the thing. So I think there is. It's not just like you're the absolutely best. I think you're looking at it like uh, a little bit different than I perceive it. I think that like for the place that you're in, for your personality. That if everything aligns and you and this is I, I I recognize this is not like a something that I can prove factually with any data. It's just a feeling that I have based on like what I've seen and oh, seen the. Is that like I feel like deep. certain people are right for there's certain elements that like there's a harmony to the universe and there's a harmony to uh how we live our lives and i think that like people certain people are put in certain position to either fulfill what they were supposed to fulfill in that time frame and either you achieve that level to your potential and you're the perfect person to to achieve that that level of potential so let's say like um so do do you think people know what their level of potential is I think i think certain things are are or do you think I think they I think everyone knows. I think I think they get a like a hint of like they get like a feeling. Uh there's something intangible that like people See, are like yeah, I could do I, that. I, 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 I can do that. I feel like everything starts like I can I can do that and like Sure, but like this is my point. Everyone says I can do that and they, they like they think they can do it on that level. Like people watch Sports Center and think I could be an anchor and think they could just walk in and be a sports center anchor. You know what I mean? They have no concept mm-hmm. of how hard it is to be a professional broadcaster. Yeah. Like, yeah, you might be able to do, like, the sports at Channel 4 News and, like, bumfuck Nebraska. Like, and that's dope. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. Like, I like one of my life goals is to be on TV as a broadcaster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I would love to do that. 
Uh, so I'm not like knocking the sports guy at Channel 4 into it, mm. you know, Lincoln. But at the same time, like, I think that guy thinks he's better than that. Mm -hmm. I think the majority of people either think they're better or, or worse. I don't think most people have any understanding of what their actual oh, potential is. Yeah. And I, I, well, I think it's, there's, there's always a catch-22 in that, that. I think a lot of people uh, in some areas, they, over, they overestimate their ability to achieve in certain things. And I think in, in other aspects, they underestimate their ability to achieve in some things. And I think most of the time, if you look at people, I think generally, especially Americans, underestimate their ability to achieve at most things. Achieving at most things, it's, it's fucking... The equation for success is very easy. It's simple, I should say. The equation for success is very simple. This should be good. It's just hard as fuck. All right, hit me. So... Let's say if I if I have a goal, let's say I want my goal is to like make a million dollars in a year. It's a simple question. It's a simple. What, what do I need to make a million dollars in a year? Like, was it like three thousand? You've already failed. Why, why have I failed? You you've set a you've set a goal that is not. Not only you set a goal that is, that is vapid and unfulfilling. Okay, well, I'm not just saying. I'm just saying that it's a, it's a simple. It's a simple. It's this is a simple equation. I, I, I need to my, make a million dollars. My, my, my point to you is that the equation for success, however you're about to lay it out, is only simple. Is only easily defined if what you're striving for in calling success isn't anything actual. You know, actually resembling success. With a, a pile of money, a bunch, a bunch of bitches, the fuck like okay. that's not success. No, no, no. What I was, I just gave a tangible goal, and it's so, like so. Like if my goal was to get a million dollars in a year, yeah. Like success in that particular, uh, success in that particular realm, it's just getting a million dollars. I'm not saying that that's supposed to make me happy, sure. but this okay, is so a goal. So, so, so what I'm saying, so okay, so like, it's it's a simple equation of how to get like get like what like was it like twenty thousand dollars each week that's easy equation it's a simple equation it's just hard the fuck to do so i'm not saying and this is like what i look at success is like a success you're saying it's easy to define the steps towards achieving the goal it's it's oh yeah sure yeah, yeah. it's easy it's the steps are easy it's just hard to do but in essence like that's just a simplified way of looking at things but i think like everything that's like the country shit i ever heard it's easy it's just hard to do well it's it's, so it's simple it's, it's the it equation is simple okay the equation I, can be simple i get simple. what you mean but that shit don't make but it, 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 it yes yes yeah it does it, like i can be a doctor if i wanted to be a doctor i'm that my brain doesn't work well enough so and nigga, you couldn't be a doctor then. That's I what I'm just, saying. I would just have to study. It may take me. It may take. It's, let's say most people get. Uh, this, they, nah, this is my whole argument. This I cannot. I can't like understand people who think this way. Like, no, just because you decided you wanted to like work really hard at it and like go to school and study really hard doesn't mean you can be a doctor. Are you kidding? Okay, yes. Are you kidding me? I can, like right now, me right now. Maybe, maybe not something. But if I was like, let's say I I started. If I knew like at ten years old, I wanted. To, I was just like, yo, I wanted to be a doctor. Yeah, that's what. Uh, this is my point. Like, or let's say if right now, if I decided like, yo, I just wanted. I want to be a doctor. Now it may take me till like I'm sixty 
to become a doctor. And it may take some people to their 40 if I, they started now. But like, what we just, we just, it's the procedures, it's just memorization, is understanding the body. These are, these are, these are not, this is not magical shit. Doctors fuck up all the time. I may be a shitty mm-hmm. doctor, but I could become a doctor. It's just, it's just me understanding information, understanding how the body works. This is, this is uh, shit I can understand. Uh, your piece of paper. Uh, and everyone can be now. This is not, it's not the problem, I guess. It's, 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 it's nothing magical about it. I guess is what I'm I, 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 we're getting we're straying from the idea, but like I, I guess my point is like this. Get, this gets back to my argument about like what are we defining as success? Could you become a doctor? Sure. Mm-hmm. It, are is it does it count as becoming a doctor if you become a doctor and you're sued for malpractice two years in? Oh no, it's not success, and I probably wouldn't be happy. I would be miserable as a right, fucking so doctor. This is what I'm saying. Like you can't really become a doctor. I could become a doctor. I would just be a shitty, unsuccessful doctor. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> we draw in straws, but like, yeah, yeah. Like that's my point. Like if you're if you're shitty and unsuccessful, like you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to be a doctor. Like something about society should prevent you from that. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. We let everybody be all that. Sh- like there's plenty of lawyers who shouldn't be lawyers, and doctors who shouldn't be doctors, and like you know every profession down the line. You know cooks who shouldn't be cooks. Yeah, absolutely. I've worked with plenty of bartenders who shouldn't be bartenders. Yeah, I, and those people get fired. But my my point being is like. Well, politicians, just tons of politicians, right, exactly. and politicians. But everyone thinks they can do everything, and so mm. the the issue with this is a it makes everyone feel like they're a failure if they're not the very best at everything that they do, mm-hmm. or b it makes people have to live within their closed mindedness, which we've talked about before, and that you were saying earlier, you know, success defined by you know where you are and who you're around, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, well, like you can be the the best comedian in. Your town, you can be the best comedian in your state. Mm-hmm. You can be the best comedian in the region. You can be the best comedian in the world. Those are all very different things. Mm-hmm. Now, if you think in your heart you are the best comedian in the world, mm-hmm. when you're the best comedian in Rhode Island, are you actually going to be happy? No. Right. But realistically, like, if you, if you like, for the amount of people who think they're the best comedian in the world, mm-hmm. if they became the best comedian in their state or their region, like... Mm. If you if you take comedy fairly seriously, right, mm-hmm. and you became like the best comedian in New England, mm-hmm. which is a pretty like rock solid comedy stable, I should mm-hmm. add. Yeah. yeah, that's not like become the best comedian in like, you know, Texas. Yeah. Like, Texas is strong. I don't know where Montana. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> All right. So it's like if you could become the best comedian in New England, mm-hmm. like that's most comedians' potential. Yeah. No one thinks that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like, everybody should have goals and everybody should be chasing something. Everybody should have dreams. I'm just saying to, to think that people know their own potential, I think, is insane. Well, okay. No no one believes that they, like, I think I have it right and I know I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, okay. And I agree to you in, if, to a certain extent. Like, there is no way that I could be ever become the best boxer in the world. It's just like, I had, I've just... At, at, you had to start. You had to be a Floyd Mayweather and start yeah. at ten. Yeah, that's what you mean. Um, there's no way I could be the best basketball player in the world. So could you be the best doctor in the world? No, it just, and okay. shitty. No, no, no fucking way. Now, do I think that a kid born with limited abilities, let's say not even limited abilities, just say like your average like student mm. could love medicine 
so much that he is he can become a better doctor than a, a guy that's brilliant. Just due from the fact that like the, the doctor, yeah, sure. the, yeah. yeah. So this is what, that's all I'm saying. Just there, there is limitations in you know what we what we do and what we choose to do and what we you know. So so this is tying back to the the earlier idea about the mortality thing. This is my point: is that everyone is so caught up thinking that they can do anything and everything that they want. That no one is taking the. This is your point, I should say. That no one is taking the time to to face their own mortality, to uh, to understand that their life is finite. Mm-hmm. The things they think they can do tomorrow, you know, they're all like, well, you know, maybe next year I'll become a model, and the year after that I'll open a fashion line, and you know what I mean. Mm. But don't do shit today. Yeah. Like those people are never taking inventory of their own mortality. Yeah. My my argument being, I think you have to. You have to be afforded a level of comfort to not realize your own mortality mm-hmm. to then have the awakening realizing it gives you. Yeah. And I'm not sure black men get that opportunity, was my point. Is that I think you are, to your point about like, you know, defining your identity early on, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're taught to be fearful of a number of things and to carry yourself in a way as to not make others fearful mm-hmm. or, or to intentionally make others fearful, depending on, you know, the set of values you grew up with. Yeah. Uh, that I, I don't think you ever get the uh, enough time, whether in childhood or young adulthood or even later on in adulthood, to be comfortable enough in life to not be worried about dying, mm-hmm. to have the spark that thinking about dying gives other people. Mm-hmm. I think like that that spark that you know you hear a lot of people talk about in their late twenties, early thirties, maybe forties for like some of the later bloomers. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about like. You know, it really set in for me that, you know, my time may come to an end sooner than I think and I need to go do something about that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, like, I think most black men get to, like, 40, you know, late 30s, early 40s, and like, damn, my nigga, like, I'm not in jail and I'm not dead? Yeah. Uh, this is chill. Like, yeah. Let's go grab a beer. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm, why the fuck am I striving to do shit? I just, like, survived 40 years. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm chilling now. I got, like, a house and shit. Yeah. I pay taxes. This is cool. So you think that's a, a hindrance? And if, and, and I want to, like, you probably have to give me a little more background on, like, Charlemagne's and I think this is Mark Maron mm-hmm. on, on their opinion of the uh, subject. But it, it, are you saying that because of that, it limits their perception of, like, okay, well, there's more to life. Like, I'm here and I can celebrate it because I made it this far. So they don't need to achieve more out of the situation they feel like they already get they already got the squeeze from this yeah, yeah. Like there, there's a sense of achievement of making it to 40 yeah. where there's a sense of worry of making it to 40 for a, like other and I, I mean I'm, I'm sure like this excludes extraordinarily wealthy black people I'm yeah money money fixes a lot of you know mortality questions mm-hmm. um, and I also would say that this probably you know, also applies to a lot of poor white people shout out to my poor white people they're my people I will continue yeah. to shout them out of this podcast my my point being like, if if that's the if that's the world you come from, where where you know, not even not by like disease or some like outside thing, you know, terrorism, except you know something along those lines, but just like actual impending death, hunger, you know, homelessness, the be- the- uh, fucking murder. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's kind of shit that like only affects but so many places, uh, in, in this country anyway. To be to, my feeling on that, and um, I don't even think that like I think that like death and mortality it, it plays does play a factor, 
But I think it's just like uh, overall, just I think people's perspectives of the universe, it ain't even the universe. I think just the perspective from where they're at more likely influence the decisions and how far they go. So if you're born, let's say if you're born, if you're, if I'm born in like, like Flint, Michigan or like Detroit, I'm like eight miles, seven miles. And all I see is poverty. And I'm from, uh, two generations of poverty and single family, single mom household, multiple kids and all I see is poverty all I see is like violence and crime and shit like that it's hard to see anything else beyond that and I don't and I think that's a problem with like a lot of a lot of like super like especially like white ring white ruling like politics and so forth (laughs) (laughs) right wing right wing white wing but uh it's that you don't how because sometimes I can because I me and my myself I can be like in a dark place and like I can be like if I'm around like negative people if I'm in a negative setting sometimes all I can see is just like man fuck this man like I can't I can't, I can get negative really quickly but if you're born with that and you're constantly surrounded by that shit and you're constantly surrounded by ignorance and shit like that. You that becomes you, man. Like, and I don't even think you have to even look to the so far as like, okay, well, like if I survive, this is good enough. I I think they look. It's like, yo, like ain't no one's around me done shit. Like, it's it's like I, to get a million dollars. Ain't no one. I don't know no one with no million dollars. So how the fuck am I? And I'm not as smart as these other people who broke. So how the fuck am I and get a million dollars? Like. I'm just I'm probably just like, you know, if I graduate, then I graduate. Like, I ain't going to college. I ain't got no money to college. They don't have, no one has the vision to be like, oh, yeah, well, like, you know, you can go to college. Like, if your grades are A, B, and C, you can get a loan. You can pay this back. Like, loans is bullshit. But, like, still, like, it gets you ahead and gets you out of the projects. And, like, I, I think it's perception more than, sometimes that cripples people more than the fact that, before they even get to the fact that they're looking at death and mortality, and if I survive, it's rewarding enough. Yeah, I mean, I, that's probably true. I guess what I'm saying is like, I, I guess I'm only I'm looking at the the segment of people who who make it too comfortable adulthood. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it, so you know, it, I guess like the, this whole set of ideals of like needing to to actualize you know your your own mortality is you know very much of the. The, you know the self-help pushers of the world so it's mm-hmm. like you gotta think of like what's their demo right it's like 22 to 40 you know people mm-hmm. like com- coming into their own having identity crisis of adulthood mm-hmm. and it's like one of the one of the true identity crises of adulthood is like that moment you know you move out of your parents house you get your first place you buy your first place you have a kid like whatever that moment of adulthood is for mm-hmm. you where you have to like re- I, I think par- parenthood from what people tell me I'm, I'm not a parent so I don't know mm-hmm. but parenthood from what people tell me is is the moment mm-hmm. where you like you know because it's like here's another life I've made another life mm-hmm. holy shit how like small and precious this life is mm-hmm. how delicate is my own life my own mortality mm-hmm. uh, and that's like I would, w- when people usually start asking themselves that question so like if you're that, hopefully if you're at that age yeah <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're well past like 
damn, like, niggas around me ain't shit, so maybe I can't be shit either. Like, mm-hmm. yo, that, by that point, like, you should at least be grown enough to know, like, well, niggas around me ain't shit, and I probably believe that I wasn't shit too long, and now I really ain't shit. But like that's on me. Like you're not still looking around you being like I could have I could have made it, bro. It's it's the neighborhood's fault. Like nah, I'm a nigga. Like yeah, that, that, I mean it, you know environment is a lot of the influence for sure. I'm just saying like by like 24 and like questioning mortality, 26 having babies and shit. It's like I shouldn't even say 24. 24 year olds ain't question mortality. Yeah. I was just a weird 24. Year old. I, <laughs> I work I, with I got now. a couple questions for you. All right, hit me. Because um, I feel like this got off the rails. I think I think it I think it started with one thing and we like us it no, spread no one, yeah we've never but, changed topics in the middle of a conversation <laughs> yeah that's never we're no, always it's not all like right the whole so I, I, I have two questions and uh, my first question is when either when you if it's the same then it's the same but maybe it's changed but like when you were eighteen. Mm. What was what was your biggest fear of life? Like ever, like just young adult. Like was your biggest fear of life? And has it, it? You know, this is the same question. Like has it changed or has it stayed the same? If it's changed, what is it now? Is it my like my biggest fear in life or the thing I fear would cause me death? No, just your biggest fear because okay. death is not. I mean, de- death, death is not just worse fear. things than death. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I've experienced several of them. Uh, <laughs> at least I think so, because I think about suicide all the fucking time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hmm, biggest fear when I was eighteen. Uh, I was like just moving out. I was just starting college. At, uh, like high school eighteen or college eighteen, because that was two completely oh, different. Did it, how did it change that rapidly? Yeah. Well, because like this was wild. It was like I can't, so I came home. Uh, I was in like a program or some shit. Uh, when I was 17, so I came home right before my 18th birthday. Mm-hmm. So I get home, that, that's like springtime, 18, come back, like finish out high school, start college, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, summer, mm-hmm. and then first year of college, like first apartment, living with my girlfriend that fall. Mm, damn, that was soon to be living that's with what, So I went from like, ju- like juvenile delinquent mm-hmm. to like graduating high school but with a bunch of people I ain't seen in like forever so yeah. like trying to reacclimate to my old like society uh-huh. to like a summer of like just fuck shit just yeah. like mad random shit wow. uh, to like entering college at 18 so mm. like I think my biggest fear at that time was probably social acceptance mm. because like every three months I was moving in completely new social circles yeah. like new jobs new girlfriends new schools new fucking you know, I had three addresses in a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow, jeez, yeah. So it's like, yeah, so that, that shit was a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think looking back at maybe like 19 or 20, a lot of my fears then are kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had, uh, I probably still had fears of social acceptance then that I don't have now. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really give, I think I always like didn't give a fuck what people thought and then everybody told me like, I had a huge lack of empathy, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably true on some degree. Uh, but I don't think it's a lack of empathy, really. I think I care deeply about other people. I just don't give a fuck what they think about me. Mm. Like, I, I care deeply about everyone in my life. I want what is best for them, and I want that. I want them to do exactly what they want to do, and I don't want, like, I don't want anyone influencing them. I want them to, to come to the purest of their decisions, and I will tell them purely what I think about them in, in a hope to try and get them towards their own honest reality. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, I, think, I think more people waste their lives based on their decisions on what they feel like public opinions or their social settings will 
believe that's the right decision for them. Oh, absolutely. I think that's... Just a lack of people yeah. living what's true to them. Yeah. Well, and mostly because we tell we tell everybody it's not okay. And yeah. so I, I think that was probably my big fear between like 18 and 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my, my bigger fear now is my... I, well, actually, no, I guess it, it's still the same fear, it just manifests differently. I worry more so now that my lack of giving a fuck about the, those social rules and norms mm-hmm. will manifest itself in ways that will fuck me. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I very much worry about, like, my identity and the way I present myself, like, ruining career opportunities or ruining relationships mm-hmm. uh, because people, you know, won't accept what I've chosen to do with my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that that's probably one. And then number two is probably cops, and I haven't checked. <laughs> I was sugar cops, then I'm sugar cops now. That's not to say I, I should point out while I'm you know being the the multiracial my side, like I don't have a problem with cops. There's a lot mm-hmm. of great cops in the world. When I lived in Salem, shout out to Salem, Massachusetts. Salem PD was dope. Mm-hmm. Like I've had dozens of interactions with the Salem police. Mm-hmm. I've been arrested by the Salem police for things I did. I've been let go when falsely accused. I've been pretty... Co- I, I like the Salem police department. My probation <laughs> officer is the shit. Like, they were good cops. I've also yeah. dealt with some really shitty cops. And they are the cops who make me fear cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't get into those stories because that's how we get arrested again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole nother podcast. It's just yeah. like... What about you? What was your, like, your, your big... Like, well, I guess you're a little younger than me. So, like... I'm a little I, older I, than you. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, so um, like, my whole my twenty year old Chris, what were you bugging about? Uh, it's always my fear was I mean, obviously like in my teenage years, I dealt with that like social acceptance issue. But my whole every to, to this day, my fear has always to be like to wake up one day. Like my nightmare is to wake up one day at like. 55 and just completely like unhappy and just like feel I, I don't know like why that's always that's now or then that's always been even at like even at like at like 18 17 like my fear was to wake up one day and be like 55 like married to someone that I didn't love kid and just never have done anything exciting or anything for and like I don't know why that was like always my fear and maybe that's why I do fucking like random shit maybe that's why I like like do comedy and like I'll like do whatever like I want to do uh as far as like you know podcasts and shit like this and it's because like I've always had that fear of Waking up fat at 55 and just looking around like, what the fuck happened? And just miserable. And then just and then for the rest of the time I have on earth, the, you know, 20 years that I have left as a, as the average age of a black man, uh, just going through the act, just being here and just going to some job and being miserable. That's always been my fear. And I've always every every and I've probably been too haven't taken enough risk not to be in that position. But that's always been and this is almost like an element because I think that way. There's always like 
this like weird feeling that like people we've lived lives and I don't I sound creepy as fuck but like I have this weird feeling that like like why is that like part of like maybe this is like uh um you know genetic DNA passed down but it's like I just have this feeling like yeah don't do that don't don't put yourself in a position where you're waking up at 55 and you're like miserable and this is all and is that quote that like most most people live uh a life of quiet desperation and i feel like that is true i see so many like you you can walk through the mall you can walk through the airport and you can walk through like you can you can walk through your job and you see these people and you know that their life is just like just not that much enjoyment in there and they're putting on this act and i just never wanted to be that person i just know that Life can be exciting, it can be fun if you choose the right choices and you make it and you, and you don't live by other people's rules and other people's fucking perceptions and you go out there and you fucking just do crazy shit. So, that was my fear. Now, the second question I had for you. I was going to say, for any oh, listeners yeah, yeah. out there, it must sound so weird to hear your voice saying, "You gonna, life can be fun and wild and because you have like the calmest voice ever like your whole demeanor is mad chill yeah. bro like yeah we just all here having like mad fun doing wild shit I was like you sure my nigga yeah. <laughs> okay. well, like, but like I know you like I know that's true but like yeah well like if, you got like the chillest swag ever but okay but here's the thing if you if if, if like if anyone if anyone you guys will ever meet me or anyone will ever hang out. Like I like if we're out on the on the weekend, like I'm I'm the dude that's like if I see that girl and I'm gonna just go up and I'm gonna talk to her, I'm just get rejected. If I see something that looks like it's like it's crazy and no one should be doing this, we're just on a fuck we're just gonna dive in the pool in the fucking middle. Dude, we've just I've done crazy shit just because like this is that moment to do it and this is like the stories we're gonna tell 10 15 years from now and so like i'm i will do that and like that's that's what raiders had in dorchester (laughs) you can't almost get shot but those like and this is why i have like fucking crazy stories about life because like we just i just will just do shit because that's what life's about and then i'll seize those moments but um it, it is a bigger picture thing so like i will like the stories I will tell, regardless of how far I go in comedy or whatever, but the stories I'll tell about now is that, like, yeah, like, I went on stage in front of, like, hundreds of people and I told jokes that I wrote myself and, and or, or, or like, I did, like, me and my boy did podcasts and we put it on iTunes and, like, we got X amount of hits and we grew to this and much and shit like that. These, these are the moments in life and then like right now it's like if, if I was if we were to like look back at this time period 10 years from now and like are, we have kids and they were like yeah we know podcasts were big back then and like people were putting their voices out into the world and our people were connected people listen to like this. what our kids would say well why if we didn't do this our kids would be like well, why you didn't guys? you do it yeah. Like, why didn't you guys do it? Like, I wish I was back then. Like, like. It- so here, here's my question, because I, I live on the opposite side of that fear. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get to the second question, I promise. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, I guess I always wonder, like, 
my fear of like old, I'm, I'm with you. Like I, the last thing I want to be is like the fat old guy on the couch, like sipping a beer, watching football every Sunday, like mm-hmm. waiting for a fucking you know, yeah, the other shooter drop. Waiting for your wife to get home, she's probably banging some other dude. Exactly, like the kids know. calling, saying they hate you. Oh god, <laughs> like that's what I mean. Like that just sounds hard. Like I, yeah, fuck that, I'm out. Uh, but the flip side is like, imagine you do all this shit, right? Mm-hmm. And 20, 30 years from now, you know, we, you know, kids look at podcasts the way we look at like, you know, 70s hair metal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So imagine like you find pictures of your dad with like the, you know, the, the painted on leather pants and like the kiss makeup. Uh-huh. You clowning your dad, right? Like you're, you, your dad lost multiple levels of respect okay. in your household the minute you found those pictures. Um, and now like, now you're that dad. And I'm always wondering like, how, how there's a billion things in my life I've already done that are that bad, and all of them are on the internet, right? I, so like our kids are gonna know every dumb thing you ever did. Well, I, I mean, I think this goes back to a conversation. Shout out to my kids. <laughs> I think this goes back to the uh, conversation that uh, we had a couple pod, maybe last podcast, maybe the podcast before, where um, we're approaching this new um, existence where there's gonna be complete transparency, and yeah. transparency is not gonna just be. And with our generations, it's going to be multi-generational to where these thoughts are lasting forever. Um, But I will feel way more comfortable saying that my kids hearing that in 2017, I was confused. I didn't know what the fuck's going on. I feel like no one knows what's going on. We're figuring this out as we go. We're fucking up a lot of shit. And that I'm going to live the life the way I, I live. I'm going to I'm gonna take risks and I'm going to figure it out. And they'll have to make that decision when they're this age or when they're 20 and when they're, they're 18. And, when, and I'll give them guidance, but I don't fucking know. I'd rather them hear me speak truth because this isn't this is fucking truth. This is us giving our truth to the world and they see this if this is fucking corny speak your truth man. yeah this is true this is fucking i feel like i mean this is a way lower level but this is this is george carlin fucking on stage saying like we don't know shit like we you know the government's fucking us and like everything's fucked up and this is our truth so you those things will echo throughout time and the fact that people they're more accessible now because we have technology but i don't i don't Maybe it's corny, maybe it's not. I mean, there's a lot of shit. I look back at pictures from fucking the early 90s, and I'm just like, how the fuck that with that baggy-ass jersey, Yo, those big-ass pants? I saw a picture from, like, one of my first dates ever. What? And so I didn't wear jeans ever when I was younger, but I started mm. wearing jeans when, like, the baggy thing came around. Uh-huh. So I'm in, like, some 38 jeans on, like, a uh, size geez. 28 yeah. kid <laughs> with, the, with the 3X, like, neon, sh- like, striped button-down yeah. with the French cuffs with the cufflinks uh, and then the TI, like, fitted, like, uh, the lean, geez, yeah. like, the, the whole, like, 180-degree. Yeah. yeah, no, that shit was horrible. See, that's why, okay, so this is a little off-subject, but that's why, like, um, now I just fucking... Um, I'm a big fan of just like everything that I I wear and dress is just like classically cool. Like 
in in the from fall. Humble brag. I'm well, classically cool. You well, know, no, iconic well, as fuck, my nigga. No, the, the no things, big deal. The things, Catch you on the Calvin Klein board. <laughs> no, just the things that I choose to wear. Like I just make sure that like I they've always been cool. Like I don't like try fat. Like I'm all like from now on. Like if you my catch nigga, me you in wear the jorts three out of four episodes. You want yeah, to, yeah. Jorts ain't classically cool, my nigga. Granted. Granted, <laughs> but George has jean shorts have always been in there. I got him called him George now. He even, he called him George one time. <laughs> yeah. Look on his face like, damn, I'm gonna need to burn these shits. But no, I no, I I, I respect that. That's that that's true. But uh, but like, okay, you catch me in fucking like in in fall or winter, like I'm just in like t-shirts, leather jacket, jeans, and like a baseball cap. That's like my wardrobe. And like, jean jacket, like. Khakis, fucking like Chuck Taylors or like some cool ass Adidas dunks, Jordan. Cool ass Adidas. Like that's that's Northeast all. shit, bro. Dude, that's all. Like that's all I wear. Like shit that's been fucking cool forever. Because like, I'd rather like if you gave me a billion dollars a day, like I'm not getting that Bentley. I'm getting me like a GTO. I'm getting me like like an old school Corvette and something like that and I'm rocking that shit. I'm just, My nigga wanted me to black James Dean. He dude, said, I, no, I T-shirts, just, jeans, and a leather jacket, that's just, a GTO, a bit, can we can get like a Marlboro Red hanging between yeah. the lips too? Dude, that... Yo, a blonde chick with, with the tie up and the daisy Name oh, Okay, well, name an era when that will never be cool. Oh, no, that'll always be cool, man. Yeah, that always will be cool. And so I'll say that as a nigga who looks terrible in the leather. I, do, do, I feel like everyone, a leather jacket should be in everyone's wardrobe. Like, a biker leather jacket, a jean jacket should be in everyone's wardrobe. Like, nah. Chuck Taylor should be in everyone's Chuck's wardrobe. Chuck's agree with you on. Uh, yeah. you, you, you missed me with the first two. I have a leather jacket. My mother bought me a leather blazer. That's not a lie. Oh, like, no, you can't leather, do the blazer. No, nah, it's, it's like, that's going to be fire in like yeah. 15 years. If that shit still fits me when I'm like 40, I'm going to be hard stunned. Yeah. Like Uncle Mitch in the leather blazer is like a tough look, but not till then. It's going to be a minute. Uh, that's going to yeah. hurt her feelings when she listens to this, but I apologize. It's a dope jacket. It's just not for me. I feel like every okay, everyone looks cool. Look, everyone Jean looks jackets, cool. dog? So I didn't mean to turn this into a fashion dude, podcast. Everyone, jean jackets? Dude, just a jean, a, dude, a jean jacket like that fits right. No, that's a good look on cool. some people. I'm saying that's not it's, an everybody wardrobe piece. That is everyone's wardrobe piece. It should be. Like men, women, everyone's wardrobe should be like a dope jean jacket, a dope leather jacket, Chuck Taylors. Like, Chuck's, I agree. In you my have, to have opinion, some some sort of opinion, standard night. Dunks and Jordan but, ones should be in everyone's wardrobe. It's but I'm saying like, like you have to have a standard night. So like Jordan ones, Dunks, Forces, uh, yeah. Cortezes. Yeah, you know, like there, there's probably ten or twelve like standard Nikes. Yeah, like, they have will always be cool. Always yeah. be cool. Just like you gotta have either like some Shelto's, some top tens, some forums, like something on you know. Yeah. Or if you're a new school dude, like I don't, I don't fuck with like I like the new Adidas. I just don't wear all these running shoe type shoes. Yeah. So no, I love the new Adidas. The in the uh, whatever these are the called. MOs or whatever. These like MDSs uh, or some no, shit uh, like that. Uh, like some, I don't MMDs, know. MDs, I think, is like yeah. the shit. So, yeah. Dude, these I've are fucking them. the most comfortable shoes ever, and they look... See, mm. I like those way better than, like, all the new Nike shit, too. Like, I like yeah. the Prestos, but I don't, like... Some of the other, like, newer Nike, especially for the price point, like, I ain't, I ain't buying $150 running shoes yeah. to, like, walk around town in my Yeah, day. yeah. The fuck I, I, I mean, look like? Yeah. And, but you can, like... And that's the awesome... We popping like that yet? The, 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 the awesome thing, thing is, is, like, dude, like, 
Levi jeans, like Chuck Taylors, like all right, so white like, T-shirt. That's a thirty. Quick that's a thirty dollar for, for all our fellas out there. We're going. We're going to help the men in the world. Yeah. The five things that you have to own. We can agree. Levi jeans, yeah. Chuck Taylors, a decent watch. Yeah. Like you got. You got. I don't even go wear a watch most, most often. Oh, neither there, do I. Right? I. I wear a watch only to like weddings and funerals yeah. and shit. But you got to have like a good watch you yeah. can like stand by. Again, yeah. shout out to my mom. Uh-huh. Uh, buy me a lovely watch. I, I can't think of much else. Like you need that. You need to have like several crisp white button downs. Yeah. Um, that's about so it. You that's know, about you need it. A, you need a good hat. Blue a blue button down too. Um, but it was like office shit. I mean, like everyday shit. No, every I feel like every day a blue button down in the wardrobe should be like a checker button down. I feel like, yeah. but maybe that's just my northeast showing. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's what I mean. Like that, that's why the white crispy button down yeah, works because yeah. that's everywhere that's every day, all the time. Yeah. Like, that's everyone's look. And I would, I would just add, like, if 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 you can, if you want to pull it off, like just a biker leather jacket and a jean jacket, and you're good. I feel like every this, this is how I'll settle that debate. Uh-huh. I think everyone needs at least two accessories, uh-huh. whether that's a jacket, a hat, a necklace, a watch, like whatever your thing is. Uh-huh. Like you can't be like. If you're a jeans and t-shirt guy, which I feel like is now just like every you know that's been you would talk about iconic, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that's that's the palette for mm-hmm. every male ever, right? Mm-hmm. You know, jeans, t-shirt, okay, cool, they fit well, t-shirt, yeah. I'm good. Whatever the other three things you put on with that are are yeah. really what like define your style. You oh know, yeah, the shoes, the belt, the hat, the yeah, watch, the jacket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, you're right. Like I don't do biker jackets because I wear fucking gaudy ass chains all the time. Yeah. And if you are here with like. A double like double thickness thirty inch chain yeah, on with the leather. You get OD. Yeah, you get OD. like nigga, I look. I, I need to be in the gym like twice as often <laughs> as I am if that's gonna be my look. Like yeah. that's nah, I'm good. Either that or I'm really getting shook down on the ab, yeah. like regularly. Well, I feel like as far as and we just get into fashion, but I don't know how. But I yeah, feel like one thing that like my gay came out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the one thing about fashion that people under for for especially guys uh, in particular, even women too, but like guys more often, it's just like how things fit you is more important than like what they are and like fashion. what yeah, it's just like dude, like find if you're a bigger dude, like find shit that's like like if you're a bigger dude, find shit that like accentuates your shoulders, but like give you a little bit of room. It's like you got a little gut. Like give yourself the whole silhouette, dude. Because I, I do. I've been fat. Like I've been mad skinny. I've been like all all fucking sizes. So like, isn't that fun dude. going through your wardrobe and just like, oh, dude, oh, I got shit from medium to three uh, X. Yeah, I keep it, dude, because I fluctuate weight so crazy. So like, I'll go. I'll go like I'll go like a couple months and I'll just be like fat as fuck. Then I'll go like a couple months and I'll I'll lose that shit and I just keep all that shit in my wardrobe because I'll fluctuate weight so much. But like I feel like my clothes are weighted by season. Like oh, all my yeah. fall shit is like XL and up, but all my summer shit is like medium to yeah, large. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like my my June wardrobe is real snug because like I'm in the gym all yeah, spring. How, but yeah. then like. Both September's wardrobe comes around. It's like yeah, I'm being this three X Argyle hard body <laughs> stunt. Like we back in the BX. Like no, nope. yeah. we got super off subject. Yes, though. we did. Okay, um, my apologies. But what else um, we got on the list? Oh no, I forgot the second question. Oh yes, that sorry, I yeah, will yeah, ask yeah, yeah. you. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So, um, how do you think like having kids? If you had a kid, like. Let's say in a couple months, how do you think that would change your perspective on life and on what you do and what? 
because a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, I had a kid and just, like, totally changed my my world. And then, like, you have, like, like a lot of celebrities, like, uh, I could think of, um, um, you know, like a 50 Cent who said, like, once he, like, had his kids, he knew that, like, that was the moment where he was just like, fuck, dude, like, I'm, a, I, I'm not going to do all this crime shit. Like, I'm going to make it in music. And, like, those became the, like, the centerpiece of where they turn their life around. So, like, as a dude... I... Hmm. I think... I'm, so, I'm going to say this, not as a cop-out answer, because I'll, I'll, I'll give you a full answer, but one mm-hmm. thing I will say is, like, I think that would be very dependent on the person I had the kid with. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had kids with my current girlfriend, it would be very different than if I had kids with somebody who I was with, you know, a year ago, or somebody I was with three years ago. How, but it's still a kid. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, like... still I'm, yours. I don't like that bitch, so I ain't fucking with this kid. You want to know there, by the way? Uh, no, nah, I'm good. Good looks. Uh, I think one of the, my issue on that is, like, how much, how much the kid would change me would also lo- be largely dictated by how much it changed my wife. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if it, you know, greatly changed who my wife was, I would obviously adapt to, to be as good of a partner as I could be to her or, you know, if, mm-hmm. if the situation called for it, leave. But yeah. I would hope no situation calls me leaving my pregnant girlfriend. That sounds mm-hmm. pretty horrible. Uh, I think personally... Uh, the biggest thing I think it would change for me would probably, like, it. Would, I guess the, it's that same idea of, like, you know, bringing into focus the idea of mortality. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think being responsible for another person's life makes you want to be re- more responsible for your own. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm wild fucking irresponsible with my own life decision. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I put myself in harm's danger all the time. I drive dumb, reckless. I'm always texting and driving. I hardly ever wear a seatbelt. I fucking party all the time, I don't get enough sleep, I take terrible care of myself, like, I do a billion and one things that should kill me, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, or fucking get me beat up or arrested or who knows what, mm-hmm. uh, but I guess, like, if you had a kid, then, like, you can't do any of that, obviously, mm-hmm. right, like, mm-hmm. that's the idea, and I worry about that a lot, like, I don't know how much I'm able to change that, yeah. like, I'm a, I'm a reckless fucking person, yeah, uh, and that's why I kind of added, because you kind of, like, hinted on that, on this, like, your ability to turn on like the selfishness on your life Mm. and I I have a little bit of that and I asked the question like kind of because it's a exploratory aspect of like what's going on in my mind Uh, I don't know how I would be if I had a kid I would like and I've heard stories where people were just like oh at that moment I knew that like and totally like changed their lives and I, I mean, I have that. I think any, a lot of people have that aspect of them, but I think like a few people will admit it where they're just like, fuck, like everything was good. And now I have this life I'm in charge of. Let me. Are you to the point where, like, oh, fuck, like I'm in charge of this life, and now every step is crucial. So everything is more important and every decision you make is heightened so you're like making like strategic decisions because it's just not you um involved in these decisions and so you're at your best and oh now see i think this is why i think my partner is going to be so crucial because if i end up like single parenting on my mm -hmm. own i'm going to end up with like 
poor Jaden Smith. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like wild, fucking, like free and ambitious, but with no sense of like how to blend into the bigger society and not enough money to get by with that yeah. shit. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> I, I like that's just how like that's my, kind of my approach to parents. Like that, I think that is important to like growing young humans mm-hmm. is giving them like the freedom to kind of like travel their own paths and to see them their parents as humans. I think one one of the biggest flaws in me and my mother's relationship is the fact that like. I, I didn't know my mother as a person until mm. I was probably, you know, a couple of years ago. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I knew my mother as my mom, and my mom was in, infallible. And, mm-hmm. like, and, you know, in some ways, like, that is a testament to her strength. And, you know, my mom, you know, worked three jobs and, you know, mm-hmm. covered, you know, me and my brothers everything for 20-plus years. Mm-hmm. The flip side of that being, like, to do that and, like, maintain that status within your family, like, you have to lie to your kids, right? Yeah. Like, so, you know, my, my mom would always, you know, my mom has always said, like, she's never lied to us. Like, that's a bold face lie. Mm-hmm. I can tell you a million lies my mother. So, yeah. You know what I mean? You know, she, she would, you know, all, all these little things that kind of, like, reinforce her as this superhero. Mm-hmm. So, like, by the time I was, like, an adult and wanted her to treat me like an adult, she couldn't let go of the idea that I didn't see her as one and I couldn't let go of her being seen as one. Yeah. And now our relationship's fucked. Now, mm-hmm. and, like, I, obviously, that relationship influences the way I look at parenting a lot. But like, one of one of my big things is like, I want my kids to be able to see me as human. Like, I'm I'm a very flawed person, especially in this age of transparency. They're mm. gonna come of age in. Mm. Like, oh, my kids are gonna know. My kids yeah. are gonna listen to this podcast. You know what I mean? Like, and so I I want to be able to still be that same person, so that mm. like when they get to know like dad the person. Mm-hmm. It's not so far from dad to dad. Yeah. And they can connect those dots and be like, okay, you can be authentic and still be responsible and a dad and a good parent and still be human and, you know, real. Yeah, I think that is like, well, there's always going to be this element of... I have such young parent syndrome. Yeah, uh, but also there's always going to be this element of um, looking at your parents as if they know everything oh, yeah. regardless yeah. of how human you try to portray yeah. yourself with there's gonna be that element of it um but I, I guess maybe I, I would use that rationale to justify some of my own selfishness yeah that's probably a better way to phrase that oh so like me and my <laughs> i mean like in as you as you get older um the more you will realize the flaw and you i mean you're probably realized a lot of like there's a lot of you start to question like like your parents Parenting, their rationalities, their thought process, and because now you information is just advanced. I mean, they grew up without the internet, so like mm-hmm. a lot of things that they based their decisions on was just like popular opinion and what was and. No, also I, I will say that's that's one thing I'm very thankful for. That that is not that is not true of my childhood. Like, I you know I guess maybe based on older styles of thinking, but like. A, the the thought process behind the parenting of specifically me, not even me and my brother both sure, but like my brother was you know the, the older kid, definitely the test kid in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like it was there was a definitive thought process that went into to how I was being raised. And, yeah, uh, it was you know my my mom's a social worker. My you know my my dad probably needed some social work help. And, uh, <laughs> also like worked in mental health for a while, and so it's like it was a a fairly well informed idea of kind of and it was well balanced. You know, one from the north, one from the south. Mm-hmm. One black, one white. It was a pretty balanced perspective in, in my childhood. It's probably yeah. the one of the, the best things I could ever say that, that happened in my life. 
Yeah. Like having that kind of perspective. Because yeah. I, I agree with you. A lot of people, it's like, oh, well, you know, Joe and Cindy down the block do this to their yeah. kid. Maybe that'll work. And it's like, yeah. there's not, not, not a lot of not that. Lot of that. Yeah. It's more they, like, they, hey, well, like, because your mom's we, a social worker, well, she saw I mean. the flaws. Like, and yeah, like, yeah. We, I've seen 8,000 of my clients do this. I've read 12 books that said that. Like, between this and that, I talked to, you know, my, you know, my husband, you know, he thinks this. Here's the middle ground. This is what we're doing. Let's articulate that to the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so... I don't think it was articulated well. <laughs> I don't like, think I don't. I just don't think there's any good way to raise kids. Um, yes, that's. Isn't I that think, the problem? There is. There is no answer. They're gonna. They're either gonna come out great or fucked up one way or the other. Yeah, and I think. Um, I think there's ways that you can open up the opportunity for kids to be uh, more susceptible to fuck shit. <laughs> but uh, and I think that. And that's where okay. So you said that you allow your them to see you as more human. I think what saved me in a lot of instances it was me, my fear of like okay, well like if I do this like my mom is gonna I'm she probably gonna murder me, and I did a lot of oh, fucking see, reckless shit, and the, so I. No, so there's no, that no. element of fear that like you can't still be human. Like you have to be the overlord. <laughs> yes, but like I, I guess like this. This is what like fucked me up. It's like you develop that fear right around the time you're getting autonomy, right? Like mm-hmm. eleven to fourteen, those kind of like tweenish yeah. years. You're like, screw you, mom. I'm coming home at nine, not eight thirty. Then you yeah. come home, your mom whoops your ass. Yeah, it's like those like so that I was touching on this earlier it's like I, I spent most of those years in like fucking programs and shit so mm-hmm. like while like most 12, 13 year olds like hey, hey I'm getting away with this and like some of us you know that you come home you get in trouble some of us wouldn't whatever right mm-hmm. it's like oh my mother would have whooped my ass my mother would have murdered me like mm-hmm. Nigga, like, I came home to actual murderers yeah for like years yeah so like when you talked about like oh like so-and-so might murder me because I said the wrong shit. Yeah. That was, like, some real, like, yo, there was, like, a hole behind my bed in the wall and niggas would come through and try and stab niggas. Yeah. Like, that was, like, some real shit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and so, so, like, by the time I got back home, like, my mom's trying to tell me, like, you better get in line and shape up or else I'm going to have that ass. I'm like, fuck out of here. What are you talking about? Yeah. So, you know what the fuck I was just dealing with? <laughs> so, so do you think you're desensitized to most things in life? Uh, I think I'm desensitized to common threat. Yeah. I'm I'm desensitized to what you're supposed to be scared of. I'm mm-hmm. overly sensitive and overly fearful of a lot of things other people get over. Mm-hmm. So that's where like a lot of my social anxiety comes from. That's where a lot of my like fear uh, you know fear of success and fear of failure simultaneously mm-hmm. come from. Like it's a, it's a lot of that like. What's the really, fear of success? I I I fear success way more than I fear failure. I'm used to failing. I don't. Do you I don't like fear failing. like what you would become being overly successful or just were how yeah. So like, what's this fear of success? I think it's it's the fear of first and foremost like who who do I become like who who does successful Mitch look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, the next step of that being uh, how how long is Mitch allowed to stay successful for? Mm-hmm. I should stop using my real name here. Uh, <laughs> Like one of my big fears, is like yo, know, if you know, we really get on, and like all of a sudden I'm doing, I'm touring the country 200 days a year, and we're, you know, we're doing fucking ABC, mm-hmm. we're on, you know, we're guest hosting the wall or whatever the fuck, you know uh-huh. what I mean? It's like someone's bringing, you know, this age of transparency we speak of, right? Like yeah. somebody's bringing that down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, like that's not gonna be like a a, a place where like that's gonna last very long. So that's fearful to me. But more more than anything, it's I think 
I don't, I've never spent enough time doing anything to be like significantly successful and that's by design. And that's because like, I don't, all of that time, this is getting real, real deep and personal. Yeah. Come on in listeners. Uh, I think like the, the big thing for me is like, I didn't, I didn't spend any time around positive influencers or positive role models. Like everything was about like struggling to like, to, to provide necessities and like being thankful for those things, which is like a great value and everybody should be that mm-hmm. way. But the, like the other faction of people I spent my formative years with were just mostly like bad people, man. Yeah. And like I've had this argument with a lot of a lot of girlfriends of mine have been teachers, including my current one. A lot of teachers believe, you know, that there's good in everybody and you just have to nurture the good. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen bad people. I've met bad people. I've become friends with bad people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two things that allowed for me is like, I am malleable enough in my personality that I, I don't mind being friends with bad people. Mm-hmm. Most people who befriend bad people convince themselves there's some good in them and they're seeing the good and trying to like do, you know, bring that out of them. I, I see bad people for what they are. I just fuck with some bad people because like, I don't know, they're fucking fun people. I like being around them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, the flip side of that being like, I don't, I don't even know how to seek out successful people now. It's something I just started being semi-successful at mm-hmm. uh, the past couple of years is like really surrounding myself with more positive influences and like seeking out like better mentors and better you know places for advice uh, and it's something I, I I don't think the startup community is very geared towards like giving that to a lot of people mm-hmm. but the people that's for for engineers and like MBA kids mm-hmm. so like outside of those bounds there, there's not a lot of structure for mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was like it, I've, I've spent the past few years and kind of like this weird place where there's a lot of mentorship to be had, but nobody was mentoring me in like anything I wanted to be mentored in, and their mm-hmm. versions of success didn't line up with mine. Mm-hmm. So then I kind of resorted back to this, you know, rejectionism mm-hmm. uh, of that philosophy. Because that's where you feel comfortable. Yeah, it's exa- almost and, a and comfort so that, zone that, that's my, Exactly. And, so and it's like, cool. It, but, and, and so that's my thing. It's like, I think that is what gives me the perspective that makes my voice tolerable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's why people give a shit about what I have to say. And yeah. so I wonder, like, if I achieve some level of success, does that, not like my brand, because I don't, like, think of, like, my personal life in that way, but on some level, like, does that tarnish my reputation? Yeah. Like, I, I, I've been the outsider giving outside opinions and outside advice for a long time mm-hmm. uh, and doing it in a way that is successful in its own right. Like, I, I found a way to be, you know, happy, you know, up until, you know, fairly recently at, at various points in my life at least, you know, financially successful, emotionally successful, uh, you know, friendship, relationships successful. Mm-hmm. I've been successful in all these different ways, but never collectively. And I think it, it's something to do with, I'm not sure I, I know how to act being successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, yeah, I mean, that's the scary thing for a lot of people. I think, I mean, even including myself. I think even until, like, until more recently, I've always wanted to be, like, grossly successful. But I didn't realize that, like, if I had achieved it before probably I was you know in my late 20s I would have been a fucking mess because mm. I'm just like I wouldn't be able to handle it I would just, I would just be um See, I, I'm just getting to I, at 27 now like yeah. I feel like I'm just getting to an age where I get how to handle success yeah. well you're just so yourself that it's just like oh yeah. well like yo y'all wanna go out and fucking do x y and z it's just like, no, nigga, like, I, I'm chilling. Like, I'm, I, I don't need to do all this. I've done everything that I wanted to do. Like, I don't need to go, like, you know, whatever, 
do a ball of coke and then race cars down the street. I just, you know, this is I don't do that anymore. I'm old. <laughs> like I, I, I say anymore, but like I've never done that. So like I know, like I'm setting my never. ways. Never. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like kind of in certain never aspects of my life. <laughs> in certain in certain aspects of my life, I'm really square, and it's because I've seen shit. And I've just been like, I've seen like, because like, as we, as we say, we've been around bad people. I've, mm-hmm. I've been around like addicts and like, I mean, I grew up around addicts and so forth like Here, that. Here's so. a great debate question. Do you think addicts are bad people or victims? No, of I don't, I don't, I don't, okay. I, I know, right, I right, know bad. Way. I mean, I know like, great. I know, I know addicts, I know drug dealers, I know murderers and yeah, I, I can say that. I I've said to those people like I love you, like and as these are good people and they've been drug dealers, they've been murderers, and they've been drug addicts and like and I love them, I love them to this day. I, they're good people, bad situations are good people, um, and so like I know that I know there's no like definition, there's no black and white in these in these spectrums. What how wherever you learn is a fucking lie. There is no, I don't think there is. And maybe I'm on the side of girls that you know that were like teachers. There, I don't think there. There's bad situations. I do think there's some evilness and some confusion in the world, some chemical imbalances that give people make people more susceptible to violence and other bad circumstances. Uh, I don't think they're technically just all around bad people, evil people. You don't think there there are people who who get the their their primary avenue of uh, happiness or or like uh, enjoyment is making other people feel bad or hurting other people. Mm. Yes, I think that that may be their um, situation right now. Uh, uh, let me back that up then. Uh, but do I think where they were born like that, that there was no like environmental yeah. situations that produced these people? Uh, I I have a I have a hard I have a hard time believing that there's no ex- external situations that influence those people to become the monsters that they were. Okay, but so like okay, I agree so with that. But here here's my always my question on that then is mm-hmm. so when we're we're judging people right. Mm-hmm. At what age, at what age are you allowed to judge the person? If if we're saying you know the the environment they were born into created their evilness, right? Mm-hmm. If they're you know if they they've been rotted to the core by age four and there's no hope for them, right? Mm-hmm. Then is it safe to call that person a bad person when they just do menacing shit from age you know ten to thirty? Mm-hmm. I just don't know. See, I just I don't know because I'm a, I'm a piece of shit by that definition. You know what I mean? Yeah, but look, and, at the same and, time, I don't think I'm a piece of shit. So I, I'm curious. For and I, and I, 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 to be honest, I just don't think we know enough about life and about human beings to make that decision. I think it's All very right. easy to say, oh, this is a bad person or this is a good person. But I think there's a lot of different factors that come into play before. You know, you can even and we just don't know enough about human beings, enough about the psyche, enough about emotional issues or or, 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 or chemical issues in the human brain that that it, there's just there's just not enough information right now for us to determine whether oh well because you know at this age they do X Y and Z this is a bad person 
Like this is no, I, I I'm not saying that's scary. It's like I, I can, like I said, I, I've said many times in this podcast. I'll say many times in the future. I've done plenty of bad shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think the the difference for me is the when you find people who have access to all the things that they would want and or need, mm-hmm. uh, and still continue to do bad shit just for the sake of doing bad shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I guess like I grapple with that all the time because I like I think those are bad people. I also think I've been a bad person at times, and mm-hmm. I guess like I don't I don't know if it's fair to judge people based on any point in their life. Yeah. Uh, but that like that's a huge philosophical question. Then yeah, it's like can you can you judge a thirty year old for something they did when they were twenty? Can you judge a forty year old for something they did when they were thirty? Well, some some thirty year olds have the mental capacity of an eighteen year old. Right, but I, I guess here's my point. Right, it's like so th- this gets into our justice system a little bit, but it's mm-hmm. like. So you murder somebody at 20, right? Mm-hmm. You 25 years. Uh, yeah. Like, Obviously. you've now ruined the life of a 45-year-old, mm-hmm. right? In, in in our, like, you know, philosophical debate here, I'm mm-hmm. not saying you shouldn't go to jail for murder. You should obviously go to jail for murder. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much the only crime I believe in sending people to jail for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I guess my point is, like, how, can, you, can you judge somebody for act... Like, when that person gets out, should they... Should we be labeling them a murderer and like murder. not allowing no. them to get jobs and all that kind of you're shit? You're completely... I think even like in seven years, like your cells as a human beings have already cycled through. So you're not even physically the same person. Like you're not... You're not in the like... I don't know. So you think if you murder somebody, you get out seven years, you'd be cool. You won't murder nobody? You I, I, I think... I, <laughs> I think there is... There's a portion of murderers that can murder someone in seven years come out and be in society as a, as a benefit society less than they are a hindrance. Uh, so th- this is what I'll say to put a ball on that whole approach then because I, I feel like what I said doesn't exactly line up with my view very well. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess the, the point I was trying to make there is that we as a society never, like the way in which we treat one another doesn't mm-hmm. ever allow bad people doesn't usually allow bad people the opportunity to reform into good people quote unquote bad people yeah well th- i guess th- this is the this is where my argument about there being bad people mm-hmm. shakes down to is i think you like you're right probably that everybody is born a good person i guess i should back off that statement a little bit mm-hmm. i think most people are inherently good at their core mm-hmm. i think if you do enough bad things especially starting from early on and mm-hmm. that you were never given the opportunity to be presented with any good opportunities, just bad ones to get ahead or move forward or make ends meet, mm-hmm. then you will continue to do a bad, continue to do bad things mm-hmm. until you have convinced yourself because it's the only way to continue doing bad things yeah. that it's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where I think the most evil, corrupt people in the world usually think they're right. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. so I, I think that's that's the scary part to me. And like, I don't know, like some you know some of the people you know at the at the highest ranks in the world are. Bad pretty people. pretty yeah. bad people. I guarantee like, there's presidents that are murderers. Yeah, and it's, I guess like it's hard, you know, it's easy to look at all those guys and be like, they're all multimillionaires and went to fucking Ivy League schools and yada, 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 but it's like, there's obviously a lot of fucked up shit in all of those families. Like, you think the Clinton family isn't like a weird dynamic? You think the Trump family isn't oh, a yeah. weird dynamic? You know what I mean? Like, imagine growing up Trump. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, in this generation, what the last. That has to be miserable. <clears throat> I think I think I, I don't know that this is what I mean. I don't think it's miserable. I don't think they know they're terrible people. I, I and I don't <laughs> think they know I, that, that. But that's my point about bad people. Bad yeah. people don't know they're bad. Mm, yeah, I think I think that's very true. I, 
I think that I'm sorry, ele- I'm talking in circles. No, no, no. I, I agree. I think there's an element about uh, I think humans just rationalize in general. So I think like if you do something in order for you to live with like things that would be in the average person's morality negative morality box uh, most people would have to rationalize it in some way so if it's let's say have you oh my shit have if you guys have anyone has netflix there's a new show on there called ozark does anyone have netflix like everyone has have Have you watched ozark i have not no do look on your face tells me I should watch it. It, it 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 is from just watch episode one if you are not a hook then you, I don't know what there's no more I need to tell you it's like one of the best shows I've seen in a while and I am fucking I watched the whole season in like like probably a couple weeks like in the gym like I was watching like getting ready to work like watching this shit on my lunch break watching it on my cell phone and shit like that Ten episodes. Jason Bateman's like the main character. But, I heard about that. Yeah. But okay, so like the overall like theme of this, which uh, incorporated into our discussion, is like Jason, Jason Bateman. He plays like a uh, he's a financial guy, and he ends up like starting to launder money for the Mexican drug cartel. Mm-hmm. Shit gets fucked up because he has a apartment, uh, partner that's just like getting a little bit crazy, and shit goes <clears throat> haywire. And I'm not that's the most I don't. This the most I can say about it without giving out the movie and, and shit like or the the uh, the wow. first couple episodes and shit. And I don't want to do that because it's so incredible. I don't want to ruin it for people. So well written. The acting in it is fucking some of the best acting I've seen in so long. And Jason Bateman plays his character perfect. Just like the best role I've ever seen him in in my life. Just like, all right, regardless. Um, but his thing is that technically he's a bad guy. Mm. If we're looking at it, the fact that this guy is laundering money for a Mexican drug cartel. But he has rationalized it based on the needs of his family. Yeah. And based on the fact, but there's also so like we live in it, and this is like as you as 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 we get older, and I'm not even sure what the age of like the forty or fifty people who listen to this is. As we get older, we begin to look at things in different different shades. So like this guy who <clears throat> launders money for a, a drug cartel is he is he, is he technically wrong to launder money? For a drug cartel. I mean, is that worse than like working for any other, working for Goldman Sachs? Is that worse than like working for Big Pharma? You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> we we're talking about like sta- like staples of the wardrobe. Like you gotta have these. Like you're just you're, you're reinforcing like a slave culture in another country. Yeah. So so so. <laughs> In, in in just one episode where like he's like debating like if he should do it or not, mm-hmm. and like the guy that's hiring him to like bring him on, it's like breaking down all these dynamics where there's inconsistencies and in the morality of like what we think is right and what we approve of, like certain things we are socially acceptable, and if you break them down to like uh, you know. 
you scrutinize them a lot, then they're technically against what we think we're morally would do in any other situation. So, but we, so it's long story. So he rationalizes what he does in order to like get in the game mm. and he's providing for his family and he's doing shit right until things go fucking crazy and he has to go to a whole nother level. Yeah, well, that's how that shit always goes. Everything gets thicker. Yes. But it, so is this, is that a bad guy? I, I, you know, I had a whole defense for this a while ago. Like, I, I had this, like, fight with a, a girlfriend, like, two girlfriends ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she kind of broke it down similarly to me. And by the end of it, I kind of changed my mind. So I think I might have to change my mind. You might be right. I don't know that bad guys exist. Because, like, you're right. Everyone I know who does bad shit has their reason for doing bad shit. Yeah. And very few people have bad reasons for doing bad shit. And now, on the other hand of that... Now, some people... But here's my thing. If somebody has a bad reason for doing bad shit, right? Mm -hmm. So, you're laundering money for a foreign drug cartel. This Mm -hmm. is a fucked up thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. If your reason for doing that is because, well, Mm -hmm. I want a Ferrari. Mm -hmm. Is that a bad guy? (laughs) And Why? Why is one of the Ferrari worse than providing for your family? Yeah, I mean... You just provide for yourself. My nigga yeah. try, my, you know, he got a lifestyle he's trying to live. I, I honestly, I don't... I, I honestly, my perception, and this has grown as I've gotten older, I don't think... I don't, a, I don't agree with, like, the drug war. I don't think that, like, you should tell adults what they should or should not do. I think the pharmaceutical companies are making profits off of the poppy seeds and off of... Every drug, every drug that's out there in the black market. Let's say that for another podcast. Yeah, I, I think we could do a, a whole podcast off of that. Yeah. <laughs> so long story short, it's like no, I don't, I don't, I just don't think. I think that if if he's if he's a bad guy, then we have to look at so many other aspects of our society and say they're bad guys too, just because morally they do it in the right form and they don't have to like get a boat and <laughs> come mm-hmm. into the come into the port of Miami to. Get they they weight off doesn't mean that because they don't sell it to a pharmacy that these are two different things. Yeah, I, so I. Hmm. But we're going to pause it right here, podcast people. <laughs> Everybody is good, but Just don't do too much bad shit. But okay, here's here's the one thing that I can say. I have been in situations with people who I did not like, and we were like beefing, and I was like. In my mind, these are bad. I don't like them. This guy's wrong in this situation. If it came down to something physical or like an altercation or something, like I would, and my life was online or I thought it was, I would have killed them and I wouldn't have felt bad about it. And and does that make now? I wouldn't. Now we're arguing the fact that this there's no bad people, there's circumstances and shit. Wait, but I would fucking I would if it came down to to the situation and this person ended up dying or something happened that way I wouldn't I would I would sleep okay about it you obviously never killed nobody <laughs> yeah but I don't I don't think I don't I, maybe I'm desensitized I don't think I have that like that that mindset in me that we're like oh like this guy I, yeah he did <laughs> like, I, nah bro like I'll tell you like I'm I've known probably more more people who've caught bodies than I ought to know for the lifestyle I lead. Mm-hmm. And, like, there are definitely niggas I know who, like, have a few and still, like, yeah. faced. Yeah. Like, real shook up about it. Like, I, 
that is one of those things that you talk about, like, you know, certain just, like, spiritual power type, energy shift type shit. Yeah, There's something about taking a life that will fuck with you. I don't care who you are. Now, I'm, for the record, for podcast people, I've never killed nobody. I, I know that sounded like I know about some shit. <laughs> I just know some niggas. I've had a lot of conversation with a lot of niggas. Like, I read body language well. I don't actually murder people. <laughs> now, okay, so, oh, man, I love this topic because this is something I thought about for a lot. Now, in killing that person... Because I've known people who've been in the army and they've murdered people, or I guess that is just killed someone because we mm. slap labels on them True. and so forth. But I mean, they're just as innocent as anyone else. But regard because we're in a conflict over whatever, they kill someone, but they're okay with it as far as I can see. So, or do you think these people are they're they're dealing with issues? on a fact is it like a spiritual thing where they're like i took a life am i gonna go to hell like what is it like what do you think is difficult and are these religious people that you because if if, the way i look at it if if i kill someone and i'm not like a religious person like i don't think there's i'm a i had to deal with these after in the afterlife what do i care like you know what does it matter and then like that's so that's like so you should tell me what, and maybe you not know, you don't know, or maybe this is opinion based on like your guys' discussion. Like, what do you think is the hard part of it to deal with? It. I think it's if I had to like try and pin it down to like one or a couple things. It's like we we were just talking about how every bad thing you do, you have to rationalize, right? Mm-hmm. So like you sell drugs, you rationalize with the the money you make and what you use that for. You. You know, speed on the highway, it's because you need to get to work because your job's important. Whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You know, little or big, you know, you rationalize the bad things you do. Mm-hmm. It's, you can't rationalize it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the uh, like everything else you can do, you can say, I did this bad thing to this person or this group of people. But no one but died. They still, exactly, yeah. but no one died, but they survived, right? That's uh, shit, like, rapists won't even make that argument, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, raped, but I didn't kill her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, yeah. I, I mean, on the flip side, I think it's wild that we have a sex offender registry and not a murder registry. But, yeah. like, that's a whole separate other conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, it like that's the expression, right? But no one died. Mm-hmm. But did I kill anyone, though? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, that's always been the thing. I mean, that mm-hmm. that's why OJ can still be a smiling face walking on parole talking shit, right? Yeah. Because we didn't convict him of the murder. We just convicted him of the robbery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think when you, when you actually kill somebody, living with that guilt is mm-hmm. harder than people realize. Because you can't rationalize it. Because there's nothing you can say that, you know, yeah, like, I robbed that nigga five years ago, but he good now. You see his yeah. house he got? Like, yeah. you see, man, yeah, I know I fucked his girl, but you see the girl he ended up marrying? I did the right thing. I, I made them break up. I, you know, I helped him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can rationalize all this dumb shit you do. Mm-hmm. I murdered that guy? There's only a handful of situations which you can really rationalize that. Yeah. Like, my life was actually, like, seriously, violently in peril. Mm-hmm. I was watching someone else's life be violently in peril. Mm-hmm. And I really don't know what else. Like, I used the phrase, oh, oh, I would kill him, like, just like every other male who loves to assert mm-hmm. his alpha bullshit. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I think about situations in which I would, like, actually kill another person about, like, those are few and far between. Yeah. Like, you cutting me off in an on-ramp... Mm-hmm. And then you physically assaulted me pretty yeah. much the only imagine, two times. Imagine that. The people that, that kill someone over a road rage. Like, I ain't gonna lie, my nigga. Like, I completely understand those people. Oh, yeah. I, I, I got don't. cut off by... So I'm coming on... I don't mean to cut you off. But I'm coming no, on the fucking highway the other day. And it's like the merge lane. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, here, here I go rationalizing my bullshit. I'm speeding up the merge lane so I can mm-hmm. cut off traffic so I can try and get ahead. Mm-hmm. And this 18 wheeler just slides over like real quick to mm-hmm. cut me off. Mm-hmm. I almost hit him. I stopped the brakes, whatever. Mm-hmm. So best believe I slowed down. I got behind that 18 wheeler and then I passed him once we had some open space. Mm-hmm. And I brake checked him like four or five times and mm-hmm. watched him swerve on the highway. Yeah. Because like, Fuck you. So yeah. I'm definitely the road rage guy, but I've yeah. I've tempered that out some. I'm not okay. I, I even like even like situations like that. I feel like they're risky. I mean, uh, being an automobile that's like oh, yeah. four thousand pounds and you're going eight, 80 miles an hour, like especially an eighteen wheeler. Yeah, life. exactly. Those are life <laughs> life risking like situation. Yeah. Um. My theory about death. I don't actually condone road rage killings for the record. I'm just a wild-ass <laughs> driver. Carry on. Sorry. My theory about that. Here so here me. is, this is almost like a, um, so here's my thing about, okay. So this, this is like a conspiracy actually, drop. This is, not, this is not even a conspiracy drop. This is just like a, uh, back to my overall thing for most of these podcasts is that uh, we just don't know shit. So like, if you speak to like a lot of people who like don't believe in God and anything like I, they, do you believe in God or you believe in God? I do believe in God. I'm going to let you make a point. We can talk about that. And so, uh, but my belief is that, like, I don't, I just feel like humans got everything wrong. I don't, we got our justice system wrong. We got government wrong. We got worldwide, like, politics, everything wrong. So I refuse to believe that we got any religion right. Uh, do I believe there's a God? Do I believe that there's an entity? Yes. Do I know what it is? Do I feel like it's Christianity, uh, Muslim, Jewish? I don't know. I've introduced, it's been introduced in my life as like Christianity. So that's what I represent it as. And I don't think any God that knows everything is going to give it, give a shit how I reflect it. But, um, so, but like most, if you're atheist, like most, you're, 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 you're um, as soon as you say, like the, the atheist argument is like, oh, well, there's little kids that their main argument is always like, well, if there's a God, why do like little kids die? Why are these monsoons and why are like kids kidnapped and murdered and shit like that? So that's their main premise of a majority of atheists. What atheist you talk to? Okay, but a lot of it. I mean, if you have a, a conversation with atheists, like that, that for most part, that's like why all these bad things happen. If there's a god, and like these, these are not like things that if there was a god, these would happen. And so, for, for the majority of like arguments that I've had with atheists, I feel like that's just like that's just inflammatory rhetoric. Atheist issues when I talk. Oh, to okay. Well, like give me your and give me your. I'm, no, I'm, I'm no atheist, but like I. No, we we'll just give me your what like, you've I, heard. Yeah, in, like, in, like, in most atheists I, I talk to, it's, it's kind of the opposite. It's, it's like, evidence wise. Yeah, based, yeah, yeah. It's more like it, that's know, like, too. I think it's both. Uh, yeah, so I, th- I think there are plenty of atheists who are like. Oh, well, you think it's a god. Look how dumb you are. This wouldn't happen if there was a god, would it? What about this? What about that? Like, fuck those people, though. You know what I mean? Like, those are, they're just fucking morons who call themselves atheists. It's, yeah. I, it's, it's the same way I feel about, like, we we're talking about, like, crazy, like, third-wave feminists. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, we need, we need to castrate all men because they're a threat to all women. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. get, get out of here with that. It's the, the same kind of logic. So a lot of, like, the atheist perspective I get more often is, like, 
and you know, space. Yeah, like where is where is your God? Can you mm. show me the proof of your God? Good. Neither mm. can I. So let's work with what we've got here. Here's here's the evolutionary scale that oh. I've worked out based on science. Well, I think that is. What's even, your book say? Okay, so okay, so that's like most people that are agnostic. I feel mm-hmm. like that's their argument. That's, that's fair, like and I'm agnostic, so maybe I just gravitate towards those type of atheists. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, so that is likely. Okay, okay. Uh, so like with respect to anyone who atheists, like you can email us. If, you know, yeah, please help us clear shit up. I don't know yeah. much about atheism, but like most people that are atheists, and like, and like I will quote like. And I will just net quote, but like, like this is pretty much like a Sam Harris, who's like one of the famous atheists of our country, mm-hmm. would be like, this is like, why are all these bad things happening? Why are deaths happening? Why are kids dying and so forth like that? And I feel like a lot of these arguments are based on a principle that we understand life and death. I just don't think we understand death. I don't think we have, in, 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 in let's say, even in, in most religious books, there's like some quote that like, people like, some, that we should cry when we are born and be happy when we die. There's like, there's like always a connotation that we've had things mixed up. Um, if you look at the experience of people who have had like um have done like um certain kind of like an mdma or like they've done ayahuasca or acid and so forth like that it's taken away they've had this moment this experience <laughs> that has taken away their fear of death um you think yeah they just yeah but this is what i'm saying i feel like we have the concept of death in life completely and this is my I just feel like we have everything fucked up because oh you're saying people say that about people who take all that shit that that they have lost their fear of death oh yeah well there's documented cases of people who you're you're saying it's because they they discover some they've entered the realm of perspective and I, I say perspective as as a way as as loosely as possible to describe their experience Whatever they've like taken, whether they've done like uh, ayahuasca or so forth like that, they've entered. Yeah, uh, they've entered a perspective where they have altered their perspective on the world and on life or death. And and regardless, let's just say it's just like an experience or whatever. But they have looked at life in a different way, and they enter a realm where they're like, okay, and that affects their atheism. Sorry, no, this is it, 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 it affects their ability of how they look at life and death. Oh, yeah, for sure. It doesn't, it, they, they've entered a realm okay. where they don't fear death. They, yeah. they see that as like death is not an ending, it's, it's almost just like a cycle or it's a beginning and so forth, like that. And I think that a lot of people base their opinion on life and on death as it's like death is just terrible. This is. End. This is the end, and we and we live on this fear, and it's like I just don't like I just and I don't know what it is, but I just don't think that as 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 human beings, we understand death. This has always been something we should, we feared, and it's been passed along like Santa Claus and like all all religions. I just don't 
think we understand death and without understanding death and the consequences of death, can we make a, a, a decision on religion, on life with us feeling like, oh, well, like death is the worst thing that happens. And then like, if you die, this is the end. I, I just don't think that there's no, there's no, if you're looking at evidence if you're an evidence-based person, there's everything in our universe moves in a cycle. So why would consciousness and life be the one thing in our universe that we've experienced that is, does not operate on the cycle? It doesn't make any sense to me. I think that's... So the, I disagree with you because I, I, I do think it... Like, I think we have it wrong, and I don't think we appreciate it for what it is, and mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure about the afterlife and all that, like, mm-hmm. how that cycle works, mm-hmm. but I do think life being finite mm-hmm. is so unfathomable because of the way the rest of nature works mm-hmm. that we have difficulty comprehending it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also always know when it's like we're rounding like near two hours because somehow our conversations always put a neat little bow on this, yeah, exactly. where it's like... Isn't that like kind of where we started? Where like you need to examine the like the reality that you could die right this second, every fucking second. Otherwise, you won't make the most of it, mm-hmm. right? And so, like you mentioned, people who do the like these trippier drugs and have these experiences. Mm-hmm. Whether that's uh, would you say this shit was ayahuasca? Ayahuasca. It's a uh, um. What the fuck is this? It's a uh, MDMA. Cut down with what? Uh, well, it's actually something that's naturally in the human body. Um, well, yeah, and there's well, like a lot of fruits and so forth too, but, uh, they do it and I know they do it in like, um, it, uh, it, it's similar to MDMA or similar to Molly? No. So it's like, um, oh no, it's not MDMA. It's, uh, DMT. Oh, okay. That makes yes, sense. Yes. I'm sorry okay. for anyone gotcha. I confuse. It's DMT. So in DMT is like naturally in the yeah, human yeah, body. Yeah. Yeah. DMT is a lot of yeah. So it's just like a hallucinogen. Yeah. And it's like, so you you were saying so people who've had experiences with that kind of have a, a better grasp and understanding on the the realities of their own mortality and kind of like where they fit into the universe, if you will, not mm-hmm. super happy. Yeah, and and then they and they lose that like fear of like death, or at least this like. This so so I've always described that as the, it's it's the ultimate FOMO, right? The ultimate fear of missing out is like. You, you don't know because you might die tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, you get paralyzed but, and don't know what to do today. And so most people can only live their lives not thinking about the death because, like, that amount of fear of missing out on whatever it is they're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. right now paralyzes them. Mm. And I think doing, you know, whether it's acid, whether it's DMT, whether it's mushrooms, whether it's ayahuasca, like, there, you know, a lot of those hallucinogens, mm-hmm. free your mind up to the understanding You realize of, it's all bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Have, so, uh, I'm, I'm judging by your reaction that you fucked with some of these. No, I, no, I have okay, not. So, you just, like, not. witnessed this from afar. I've, I've just researched it and, like, um, and, and just... research. Huh? We do different research. I, I do, okay, here's my problem. Like, I would love to try it out, but, like, I have, like, just been a lot of, like, mental issues in my family. No, so, I, I just, I just like, I don't want... That in that department. Well, I just don't want to reach the point where, like, you I don't... Yeah, I don't want to yeah. alter something chemically and I can't come back. Or, you know, and, and so, I think, like, one day I will, and maybe it's that, like, that... 
once I'm like 65 or 70 and I'm, I'm just like, do like acid with this kid on this like I, 21st just, birthday or yeah shit. I don't know or maybe I won't need it by then or maybe who knows but uh come to the self-actualization on your own um but yeah I just don't want it I mean that's because I don't want to like trip so over that edge <laughs> I haven't I, done a lot of things I think a lot of my my selfish perspective comes from that vein of thinking because mm-hmm. uh, I I, I not that I like personally like dabble in that shit all you know like that, but like a lot of people I hang out with are like heavy in that scene. Yeah. Like, niggas doing acid like you know like yeah. three times a month, four yeah. times a month. Yeah, like, I have some friends like that. Fucking pulling too. like whole sheets, you know, yeah. like, nigga, like that's that's a lot. Yeah. Chill. Like, uh, nah. Uh, but a lot of them I talk to, uh, like a lot of it comes down to just like an understanding of like where you fit into the world. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was getting at earlier about the idea that we're all average, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it gives you the understanding that you, you are not special, yet you are in complete control. Mm-hmm. And that's a frightening reality for a lot of people. Because yeah. it's the inverse of what you're always told. You're always told you have no control over this situation, mm-hmm. but you, what you start over, like, you can be the best at something, right? Mm-hmm. right? You, you can be the best in your town, ta- like you can cook the best apple pie in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's, you're still the best at something. Yeah. Uh, and that makes you feel good enough not to like question the rest of it. Yeah. When the reality of it is, we're all pretty fucking average, mm-hmm. but we're in complete control of that. Yeah. So if you want to be the best, like you were mentioning earlier, and I'm, I'm not a big believer in like that to be true of all yeah. things, but like that has to be your motivation, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, a lot of people don't allow themselves outside of their own personalities enough to, to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's one of the, the best things that drugs can do for people mm-hmm. is allow you to have that experience where... You're you're outside of your own insecurities. Like yeah. you can get past. Like when I say past, I mean like you walk up to, confront, shake hands with, hang out with, go for a walk with, drop him off, and keep walking mm-hmm. with your insecurities. Yeah. Like, a lot of people just try and like hop hop right past like whatever they're oh, feeling. Yeah, they like, don't oh, look no, at that. I'm not. I'm not gonna confront that. We're just gonna move on. And like yeah. nah. Like you do like some serious crazy drugs. Like I've been around for some people on some shit mm-hmm. and like. The shit that comes out of these niggas' mouths is wild, bro. Yeah. Like you, you go like way deep in the catalog, mm-hmm. but you come out feeling incredible because it's like the be- it's like the best twelve hours of therapy you could have had. Yeah, like going on an acid trip and just sit in a closet, you'll have you'll come out feeling <laughs> incredible. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and I honestly, I feel like more people need to. You know, I'm not saying do drugs for that, but like more people need to find experiences that bring them that. I've always said that about dancing. Yeah. Uh, I've thought that was true of everybody. I've met mm-hmm. friends recently in my life who've made me realize that like dancing does that for a lot of people, but like getting people to a point when they can allow themselves to dance like that mm-hmm. is difficult sometimes. Yeah, it's like a, a freedom, I think. Uh, yeah, like feeling the music is not something everybody can do. Yeah. I know that sounds like some racist <laughs> shit as two black dudes saying it to our white community yeah. listeners. Like, I just thought everybody felt music. I thought yeah. when music played, you closed your eyes, you felt music and your body moved. Like, yeah. that's always happened for me because that's like, that's something I love and like is an expression of like self-actualization. Mm-hmm. That's only gotten better with drugs in age yeah but like for a lot of people who have never done drugs have never strayed outside the norm mm-hmm. if you put on like anything outside of like Katy Perry they don't know how to do anything besides like bop their like shoulders back and forth yeah. and like that's that and that's like frightening to me it's the, it's the same kind of people you know yeah I, mean? I don't know no. I'm not trying to hate on people who don't do drugs or people who don't know how to dance I just like I, I know the only thing I can say and just to add on to you before we close like out I think that there is a need to find something where you can be free and explore 
not only like yourself and your thoughts and your insecurities, but also just look at the world from other people's perspective and just like explore, explore, just like lose all, like whatever you've grown up with, whatever you learned, whatever your parents taught you was right for whatever you learned on TV or you thought were right, just for a few minutes, just release yourself from those bonds, from those perceptions, and just try to look at everything from a clear perspective, dissect it, look at everything, whether it's religion, whether it is it's life or death, just like examine them, like examine them without, and, and, and if you, regardless, if you're, if you're a religion, religion, and like God's given you this brain to examine. He's gave you the percep the perception to be able to analyze things and to look at things and diagnose it and break it down and unpack it. Like examine these things, find a place and find a situation um, where you can start to examine those things and look at it from a fresh perspective, dissect it, and then come out with fresh a fresh perception of like what we're looking at and what we're dealing with. And see if that doesn't change you. See if that doesn't free you a little bit. And then analyze your life and see how where that sits you. See if you look at other people's lives and see how how that changes how you look at them or what they're dealing with and who we, who you think is a bad person, who you think is a good person. It, and, it, it, and hopefully that gives you a change of perspective that adds to a little bit more empathy and continue to do that, find that place. And maybe it's not drugs, maybe it's not dancing, maybe it's just like yoga or 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 walks or, in the woods walks or, 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 or meditation but like poetry whatever your shit is. loosen yourself from these fucking bonds please please loosen yourself from the opinions of other people and, and making that the main voice of what you make your decisions and fucking just like just think for yourself and, and look at other people and make your decision based on who that person is and dissect it and put yourself in their shoes and and then and and then make your decision. Yeah. I think the only bit I would tweak about that advice is change the word a few minutes to a few months. Because mm. as somebody who did it for a few minutes or yeah. a few hours Straight for up. most of his life, these past six, seven months or so, doing it long term, yeah. life changing, man. Yeah. My yeah. life's so different now. And yeah. My life got a lot shittier through that process, and that's the part that gets scary. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, my. I lost a bunch of friends. I lost a bunch of money, yeah. uh, and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight up. <laughs> you know straight what up, I mean? My life is up. so much better now. Straight I'm such up, a happier, man. healthier person. Uh, but with that, we should uh, should definitely close out. Yeah, let's close this out. Uh, um, this has been episode four. We'll have a name for it by the time we put this up tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, this is Late to Work Podcast. It's your boy at ML Gainer Twenty Two, aka King Lear, aka the Mix Messiah. Uh, you can catch us every single Wednesday. We're doing these now, right? Releasing them, yeah, recording them on Tuesday, dropping them on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so we're going to try to stick to the schedule. Um, yeah. Catch oh, us once at Email Apple us, man. We just want to discuss it. You're in the region somewhere. We will travel. If you're if you really have a cool story or you got a cool perspective, like and you're in like the New England, New York, Connecticut. I'm down to like just head out on a road trip and meet up with some people and just party. I mean, we can and just like, in too. Like, yeah, like that's I'm true trying to too. get some guests on this, so like, it, like I'm down to speak with interesting people. Uh, yeah. If you lame as fuck though, like, 
Don't hit us up. Sorry, uh, but yeah, uh, only Chris Allen at everything social media. Only Chris Allen. It's Allen A L L E N. Um, My nigga trying to get his follow gang up here. He's like, y'all got six shows this week. That's Allen with the two L's. (laughs) Exactly. Put some respect on my name, young niggas. Yes, sir. Come see my boy. Uh, Where you show that this week? uh, My shows at what? This is going out tomorrow, so I will be at the Comedy Connection on the twenty seventh. Was it a jerk? It was a Thursday. I'll be in Boston at Jim Boston. uh, Are you doing uh, comedy at the club? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, went. Just, uh, I caught that shit a couple weeks ago. Where? Yeah. Yeah, yo, everybody should come out to that. That's a that's a fun little night. It's cool because it's like a small room, cool venue, and then it's like a dope like dope show, like pretty good comedians. The, the two times I've been, uh, Amy Rose Ranger is there a bunch. Like I fucking love her. She's one of my favorite locals. She's between here and New York a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it's dope. And then it's in a nightclub, so you don't have to pay the cover after. So you can just go yeah. and start drinking. So, so it's a really great deal. Yeah. Y'all should definitely do that shit. <laughs> So I'm there on uh, on, the, on Saturday the 29th. Um, where I'm at uh, on six, I'm at back at the Comedy Connection. Um, I'm at Alchemy on the fourth, or on the sixth, and on the I forget the next thing. I don't know. Just show up to those dates, and I'll get the rest of you guys next podcast. I'm busy. <laughs> come out the gym. I'll probably be there. We'll yeah, come to the gym. Uh, anything else we gotta plug? What's happening? Uh, shit, that's about dude. it, right? Yeah, that's it, man. We'll see y'all for episode five. Peace, all right. love, all, all right. that. Uh, yeah, we late.